All right, I'm really excited today because we are introducing you to the power couple, the new <laughs> power couple, okay? That is your best-selling book that's out. It's so awesome. Jocelyn and Aaron Freeman, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. It's fun, all of the different connections that we have, and it's great to finally meet you two. Yes. Okay, so you know that we are underway on this KYD 55 challenge. It is a five-pillar challenge. Yes, it's super fun. <laughs> I get pumped listening to what people are achieving. I, I mean, I can't even tell you. The achievements mm. are amazing. And the commitment level of yes. everyone involved is, is powerful also. It is. And one of the pillars is service. And so we wanted to really focus on that because when we're serving, we're really giving ourselves to others. And we figured you were the perfect couple to chat with mm. because you have been doing this yourselves. Your mission is to serve over a million people and helping them have strong, tight relationships. And you are like going to achieve that within minutes. I mean, you're right there. That is the coolest thing. And what that says to me is there's possibility out there for deep relationships, for happiness, and potential for things that maybe you don't see right now, but you'd like to have. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to chat about today is diving into our relationships. How do we like get over an argument or easy, like easily, quickly? How do we have daily communication habits? And I think number one is like, how do we create a depth of connection? And so that's what we would love to cover with you. We'd love to just have a conversation with you and see where it goes. Absolutely. We're, we're in for it because communication, conflict, and connection, the three C's, yeah. as we like to say. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm getting the I have right. a pen. Okay. Well, and I have another goal for this webinar. <laughs> too. Hold on. I want to hear that again. Communication. Conflict and connection, the three C's. The three biggest And it all C's. takes commitment. I'll add a there fourth C. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> all right. I didn't know. I mean, I knew they were professionals, <laughs> but I didn't know we were just going to come out of the gate running. Yeah. Okay. I got to talk about my goal here. So one of the elements, one of the pillars, as we say, Trish and I say, of KY 55 is drinking water. This is where I am for, uh, can you see that for today? You see all those glasses? Yeah, we can start to 84 see 84 ounces. So, yeah, yeah, 84 ounces of 102 today. So if I can get through this, uh, you know, let's keep it about 45 minutes-ish. You know? Before he has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, understandable. Totally get it, yeah. So you see fun. me going like this, you'll know it's, you'll know it's time to go. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, tell us about that. All of those, take, those three Cs take commitment. Yeah, well, and what we really find in our work is it's everyone wants a romantic relationship. It's one of the things that people dream about, but what we want to kind of shake up in the world is how people go into it very haphazardly. And none of us had communications 101 or relationships 101. And so you're kind of banking on the fact that either your parents taught you great communication skills, or maybe you lucked out and like your first romantic partner was the great communicator. And so what we want to really kind of share with people is these are skills that you can gain. Because I know some people watching this are going to think either I'm not a good communicator or my partner's really not a good communicator and it's causing challenges. Maybe that's just who they are. No, no, no. These are skills. You're not either born a great communicator or not. You can learn the skills for them for life. I think one other thing too, people think that we love each other so much. We have so much passion and desire for what we're going to create. We're going to go on explorations. We're going to get an RV. We're going to travel. And that's all we need is this sort of mm. this yeah. chemistry, this attraction, this love. And here's a hashtag moment for you, right? Love is just not enough. 
-hmm. healthy relationships take skills. Ooh. And though love, love is a requirement for sure, you need that, but that's not going to carry the day. It's not going to carry you through all of the challenges that you might come up against, uh, getting a flat tire, not knowing why the hot water heater is not working, all the, and we'll go into this, expectations that you have, even going on vacation. How many couples we talk to, mm -hmm. they're like, you know, it's been challenging. We're just going to go on a vacation and all will be well because we removed ourselves from the challenges. But without the right communication mm -hmm. and what we can go into, your expectations will still cause tension. You still cannot communicate well while on vacation. So you can change to a beautiful scenery and still end up feeling disconnected, not heard, not understood by your partner. That's, that's worst case, right? Because mm -hmm. here you are in this great place, but you're disconnected from your partner. Or maybe even more so because uh, if love isn't enough, neither is the RV, I will tell you. Yeah. Uh, fact, it, yeah. Might, it might actually be an obstacle to the communication. Or an aggravant. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. I don't know. Yes. But it, it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go with it. We're going to go with that. Yeah. 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 So you're right. So be, having the skills and the commitment and the preparation to know how to handle things in advance before they happen. And then you can take that anywhere. You can take it on vacation or you can take it you know, wherever you want, you, yeah. you've got the skills to get through the obstacles. What I like here, and this is just to help maybe the listener open up their mind, is that this isn't therapy. This is coaching. And when you're coached, you're given skills and you're given an opportunity to take a different path. And so, because we talk about that with our kids, like, why do you read? Why do you talk to people? Why do you listen to things? It's so that you get new ideas because we're not born with them. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what are some of the things that you sit down with um, a couple or maybe some one person, because one person can make a lot of change in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, what do you like to address kind of from the beginning? Like, what are some skills? Yeah, there's quite a bit that we could go into, but the first one that comes to mind and it's sneaky is that there are a lot of disappointments and frustrations that come up big or small from unexpressed expectations. And people think that a lot of times the goal in a relationship is have no expectations. That's what you want to aim for. That's the way you can really love someone is don't expect anything of them. But as a human being, it's not possible, right? Like when you don't match. That, yeah. When you said, we're, let's do, you know, this crazy life thing and let's go live on the road, right? Like all of a sudden there's new expectations or when you're going to have kids, we're about to welcome our first in really? December. Yep. And well, that's we enough. Are, that's, that's enough. Kids, kids are enough. <laughs> no. you know, they just make everything so easy. No. We Even are really? talking. And there'll be nothing new that we'll come to awareness of while having no. kids. And that's the other point. People don't understand the process of life mm -hmm. actually brings about what you would call expectations, mm -hmm. things you didn't know. We, you don't sit here in your life now or in your relationship and predict everything that's going to happen to you. So because you can't do that, there will always be these certain expectations. Things happen to you that you can't see. Mm -hmm. You get disappointed when these expectations, number one, go unmet. You can't be disappointed if not for an unmet expectation. Now, what we cover with couples is, were you aware that you had an expectation, first and foremost, to cause this upset? And then second one, Jocelyn already talked about, 
was this expressed to your partner or was this unexpressed? And with couples, it'll be when we're taking them through this process from, you know, what people perceive as something smaller, like, oh, I just have an expectation about how they do the dishes. But people will really fight over that. But then there's bigger things like expectations around kids that they never talked about. How are we going to discipline them? How are we going to handle it if this happens? And what we find, again, is that couples bank on love and don't sit down to have those kind of more meaty conversations of let's really get honest about what our expectations are here. So we're not just all of a sudden frustrated and disappointed. I mean, we talk about expectations before vacation, before having yeah. a kid, we're talking totally. about them. Like, yeah. So that's a big, big piece that couples can work through. Okay. So I have two things. First communication style is probably number one. And I would love for you after I say this is to talk about how you prepped the kids to go on the RV trip with expectations. Mm -hmm, Cause I mm -hmm. thought you did an amazing job. Okay. So, um, so I think communication is a, like a must talk about because personalities are different. And like you said, we're lucky. I feel lucky because we're able to kind of click through things quickly. Like we communicate through disappointments or just unmet expectations and we're like click 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 oh yeah 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 and there's not like bad feelings harbored or something like that but also um you know we have three kids two boys and our middle son is very black and white very straightforward wants to go to the military one day he told me he said i really appreciate if you just tell me what you want from me <laughs> like i don't need the conversation and so and my youngest one sentence is usually five pages. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, no, no. We're going to process through this for the whole night. Mm -hmm. And it, we're going to laugh because he's hilarious. But there's a lot more conversation that goes into it. Even sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have any more words. And he can see it on me. He's like, I know you don't want to talk about this anymore. I mean, like, how do you out talk your mom, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so anyway, I just think that personality type, so maybe we could like brush on that a little bit. Like how do oh, yeah. you communicate how you need to hear something? Cause sometimes even like our miscommunication is like, well, are you mad at me about that? I'm not mad. I'm just trying to tell you something. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I can walk away from that. That's me, a me problem. Right. So, yeah. um, but anyway, I thought you did a really good job communicating how, expectations can kind of well i think i just took the kids through the whole process of saying you know the, the first iteration of kyd was a six-month trip around the around the country and so i said you know look everyone's really super excited right now and school is finishing up and the rv's new and we're going to go up to the grand canyon or to zion and we're going to go all these great places and everything's going to be amazing and then there's going to reach a point where things start going down and we're going to start feeling the fatigue of either the rv or the travel i don't know what it's going to be but it's not going to be as exciting as it was. Mm. We have to know that that's what's just gonna happen through this. Like we're gonna reach that point and then we're gonna start figuring out how to make improvements to whatever, and then it's gonna start getting good again, but I don't know how long it's gonna take, but it's <laughs> gonna go down and it's gonna go up, but just know that's gonna happen so that they weren't surprised, you know, four weeks into this, that they're like, oh, well, this isn't what I thought it was gonna right. be. And then start having to process what they thought and going through all that. I love that. So how do you take different personality types and bring them through those emotions of expectations met or unmet? 
Yeah, there's a lot we could say here. Actually, so we found that communication is not one size fits all. Because you hear in the relationship space, communication is the key to a relationship. And people are like, yeah, I've heard that so many times. But I you didn't sound annoyed at all about that. <laughs> <laughs> so what we found after just thousands and thousands of conversations with couples is that there are four main communication personality types. And we actually talk about it in our book, if you can see back there, the purple one, the argument hangover, it's our second to last chapter on the four communication personality types. So there's a lot we could say here, but the four basically are assertive, inflexible, which is what I default to. So I'm assertive, I'm expressive, I'm proactive, but I also, when I'm not intentional, can be on the inflexible side, like I want my way, right? Yeah. Then there's also assertive, flexible, and then there's reserved, inflexible, which is what you default to. So assertive, <laughs> reserved, right? What people could see is opposites. And we'll talk about even why that works and how that can work. And then assertive, well, thing, flexible. And there's no bad type, no. right? It's knowing your type and knowing your partner's type. And then you're able to communicate with their type mm -hmm. and they can do the same for you. Mm -hmm. So I want to just say that because it's not that reserved is a bad thing. It's just more of a default personality type. So though it might not seem this way because of my personality, when I default, when I'm more unconscious in my communication, I default to being reserved and inflexible. So reserved is I process my thoughts and emotions more internally on my own. And it takes longer typically. But also with the inflexibility, I'm pretty sure that my view was pretty accurate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Often wrong, never in doubt. <laughs> that's, that's what we say all the time whenever we make a mistake. Yeah, okay. Uh, but so then to kind of bring in the last one, you could be reserved. So the common piece to reserved is you're going to be processing your emotions on your own. And the place that we get stuck is we don't communicate to our partners that hey, I need some time to process. Hey, I'm feeling, you know, I'm not sure what. I like to take 10 minutes just to reflect for myself. So we got to communicate a smidge, mm -hmm. but the reserved is taking that time. The flexible one, I do love because they're open. They want to hear the other partner's perspective and they want to change their own in a sense. But they can somewhat give up their own preferences. That's true. Like if people are overly flexible, they can kind of be like, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, whatever you need. And then the other partner can kind of feel like I'm having to make all the decisions, like help me out here, right? I yeah, on give... the far side, they can feel as if the partner is kind of passive mm -hmm. and they're not fully engaged in participating in parts mm -hmm. of the relationship. So it can feel as if, yeah, they're, they're not as attentive, they're not as engaged. And then on the other side, they can also feel as if they maybe lose a sense of self because of the reserved and the flexible. They're not really speaking up and they're not really looking at their own intuition so then they fall into this place of like, after a few years, I don't even know who I am anymore. And it comes out like a surprise to the partner. If I were to guess, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, here we go. From my observations of you, I would say that what you each lean towards, Mark probably lean towards the reserved and Trish, the assertive. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And so one suggestion, because that's common, that there's one that fall, tends to fall into the other. I'm sure a lot of people watching this are going to be like, oh yeah, I'm the assertive type. I'm always the one bringing up the topics to my partner. I'm always the one going to them saying we should do this, this, and this. 
if your partner tends to be more reserved, one thing that I shifted that makes a huge difference is I give him a heads up that there's something I want to discuss before the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but give him time to process it. Hey, I think this weekend we should talk about blank, gather your thoughts, think it through. Cause he doesn't do as well in reserve types. Don't typically do as well in the moment. Hey, I want to talk about this. Tell me your thoughts. They're like, I'm not sure I haven't processed. I don't know. (laughs) So that's something for the assertive watchers here. Can you tell that Trish does that based on her reaction to your response? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, no, I don't give you any heads up. You have been lately, you know, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. But I know the words too. So I've been thinking, oh, so, okay, oh, all go. right. Here we go. <laughs> How about that? So anyway. But I do like what you said about it, there is no wrong type. It really mm-hmm. is understanding your type and then understanding maybe what you might default to mm-hmm. and then knowing in advance. I mean, I mean, it goes back to the RV example that, that I gave. So much of communication is just knowing what to expect and then preemptively handling it before you arrive so that it goes a little smoother, maybe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a way, so I can link this now back to our starting conversation about expectations with the types then. So now that you know the type, the main thing about expectations, and this is the other part that couples get into a little trap with. So even if I express my expectation to Jocelyn, Couples will stop there. So what it sounds like is, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, we'll do that. We'll look out for that. I'll work on that. Yep. Hey, I realized I had an expectation that when we got married that you would initiate intimacy more for us, Mm -hmm. right? That was actually an expectation I had. So Jocelyn could think, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But what that means to her is going to be different than what that means to me. So the piece that gets missed is when I express an expectation We need to follow it up with what agreement are we both making and both collaboratively coming to together as a win-win agreement. Mm -hmm. So in this case, you know, it's like hit your mark. Otherwise you don't know if you were actually successful. Exactly. Or you could be living with two different interpretations of it. You know, people will say, Oh yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's work on that. But each of you has a different definition of what that means. So Mm -hmm. the clarity is important. Otherwise you're going to be like, you said we were going to do this and work on this, but their definition of it was completely different. So to link really quick, the assertive person, raise your hand. You can be the one that initiates the expectation and starts to form the agreements, but the reserve partner, here's, here's the problem. You can't just comply with an agreement on the table. Right? There's a difference between a compliant yes and a commitment yes. Mm-hmm. It would be easy for a reserve partner to say, yeah, sure, we'll do that. But you can already feel that energy is like, I'm, not gonna I'm really, just really pacifying yeah. this, this conversation because I'm uncomfortable with whatever emotion might be there. So as a reserve, I need to be sure that I'm engaged and I'm actually giving a commitment yes. I am committing to that. And I'm also committing to remember it. And I'm also committing to be responsible for this agreement, not like you made it up. And then you're the one that has to remind me all the time. No, I'm, I'm taking this on like this is now our agreement and I'm responsible for this as well. Yeah. I like this. So, all right. So we've talked a little bit about RVs and adventures and we've talked a little bit about like marriages and couples, but what about this KYD 55 challenge and maybe couple like someone with their accountability partner, maybe someone that they're doing this with, or maybe even a spouse. There's a lot of expectations that go into a, habit challenge 
mm-hmm. or a weight loss challenge or a fitness challenge. I mean, there are a lot of people taking it on a lot of different ways. We take it on as just establishing healthy habits over 55 days that encompasses a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of expectations of going into something like this with a partner, how committed the other partner is going to be, who's going to do the preparation. Mm-hmm. So like, is there any way we can apply these expectation well, concepts to- are there to- helpful ways to ask people how we can be good partners to them? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Okay, yeah. what you just said is, to both of you, is like talking about the plan before you go into it. Like people, a lot of times will just be like, let's do it. Again, let's get married. Let's have the baby, then figure it out, right? We're huge on talk about it as much as you can before. Of course, there's going to be surprises and things like that. So regarding the challenge, it's okay. Hey, I want, when I say we're doing this, what that means to me is that every morning we're watching it at 7 a.m. And we're, you know, talking about it before bed. And the other person goes, for me, it's kind of more of like, if I feel like watching the video. So it'd be talking about really what's the expectation as you go into it. The other thing we're key on, because I love that this is about daily habits and healthy habits, which is something we started early in our marriage around health, around everything, spirituality, really like what do we want to be sustainable? And what's sustainable in your relationship, even with something like a challenge, is every day if you could just go to your partner and say, hey, how could we make today as seamless and easy as possible? What do you need? What do I need? What are some of your expectations today? Like talking about the day and the week before it actually happens Mm -hmm. is something that's so simple, but people don't do. So that's something I'd invite people to do about this challenge and everything is just every morning, check in with your partner. What do we want today to look like? How can we make it as seamless and easy as possible? You know, Brian Tracy says in one of his books where you plan prior and for every minute that you pre-plan, you save 10 minutes. Nice. And so when you think about that, because I do think one of the limiting factors in doing a challenge or you could limit yourself in your success is not having that plan before the day starts or before the week starts, because maybe people like to communicate at a different tempo. And so just talking about, okay, like, I went to go do the grocery shopping because we literally had nothing, right? I, I expected that. <laughs> there you go, yeah. But did, so, you, but did you express it and did you have an agreement? Oh, no, no, none of that. None it's of just that. like, oh, you're feeding me. Thank you so much. At least he's grateful, okay? I am grateful. I am grateful. <laughs> and so, um, but talking ahead of time and really what you end up doing is saving a lot of time. And maybe the time is just up here in your mind where you're talking to yourself and you can remain positive up here because you're like moving through the day easier because you took a little time before to figure out what the map looked like to get you to the end of the day. So I know when I'm not prepared or we haven't spoken about what we're doing, we spend a lot of time like in the struggle Mm -hmm. instead of in the success. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I have two pro challenge tips. Pro next level. Pro challenge tips. Next level. Here we go. One of them goes to mark what you already talked about, right? So you set expectations going on the trip with your kids that, hey, we're going to be really excited. And then given the length of time here, there's going to be a lull. Mm -hmm. Some things might break. There might be some unexpected things. So our energy is going to dip, but it's going to come back. Well, since this is a 55-day challenge, you have to have the expectation that your energy is going to dip over 55 days. It takes a lot 
to be committed for 55 days to something. Yeah. So as a couple, as a couple, I would do this. Knowing this is going to happen, I would have one of you be the leader in like tracking your stats, in reminding the other partner when the videos are coming, and just kind of basically leading the challenge. And then say maybe at day 25, switch to the other partner. You'll change the energy so you won't both dip out. That's really and cool. I would, and also I would say, I mean, it accomplishes the same thing, but especially if you have one partner is assertive and one is reserved, mm. I would do the same thing. I would split the leadership role, but mm. I would have the reserve partner go first and switch at day 25 because what would happen, the assertive partner is like, we're going to do this challenge. It's going to be great. I'm going to mm. lead it. And then their energy dips because their partner is just like, in the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So have the reserve partner start you off and then switch to the assertive partner to close out the challenge. I think you'll find Mm -hmm. your energy stays higher and your commitment will be higher. You could just drop the mic. Yeah. I just did it. You're (laughs) welcome. I came, I showed up, I gave big. Um, So, okay. So that was awesome. So in the same idea of tactical skills, what are some of the daily habits that you do um, like in passing, because it's one thing to like have a, a conversation that's meaningful. It's another thing when you're clicking along with your day, how do you successfully have good habits that are healthy with each other? Daily? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're around each other 24 seven cause we're in business together, live together. And then, you know, for the couples who are watching, who do RV life, you're around each other, right? Quite a bit. And so number one, we do a couple things. We really honor each other's space in that we don't, what we call blindside each other. So when you're around your partner a lot, you can kind of walk in, kind of encroach upon what they're doing. And the partner can kind of feel like, Hey, like I'm actually doing something else. And it can be this battle for attention in a way like, no, I'm wanting to talk or do this now. And the other person's like, I'm trying to get a minute to myself. So we always check in, Hey, I wanted to, you know, chat about this or show you this is now a good time. Or, Hey, are you in the middle of something Mm -hmm. really honoring and respecting each other's space is something that helps us be able to work together, live together. And then for those of you who are, you know, in close quarters, whether you're in an RV or just at home, Mm -hmm. like really having that respect for each other. Cause what we see is when couples are blindsiding each other, that partner's taken off guard and that's where defensiveness comes up, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you get the reaction and the responses that you're not really looking for. And it's because they weren't in the same space as you were and they feel as though they're almost being forced into yeah. that moment. Even slightly like disrespected for what they might be focusing on, mm-hmm. kind of even disrespected for your time. And we're not just talking about these topics where they are either challenging or you're trying to come to resolution on something. I really notice the impact for myself when it can be something that the other partner is really excited about. You know, you're, you're on the road or you're on vacation, you're having this new experience, something happened to you and you're like, I want to share how great this was with my partner. And Jocelyn would do this to me early on and I'd be working in the office like this, of course, right? (laughs) And she comes in with like great energy because something great happened. You know, there was a, a huge breakthrough for a couple and she just wants to share with me and I would say, don't you see that I'm working? Mm-hmm. So I would immediately shut her down when there was something she just wanted to celebrate with me. Mm-hmm. And there's a deeper conversation here about love accounts and our feeling of being emotionally connected. 
when I, it's almost like I rejected her. She just came in and wanted to share something and celebrate. Mm -hmm. And I reject her in a sense like that. It really lowers this connection. You know, she's sad, she's disappointed. And so I just, it's not about hard conversations. It's just your partner wants to share something, but notice, are you just immediately saying, don't you see I'm doing something? You shouldn't have barged in. You're not respecting me or you get defensive. Mm -hmm. It really has this uh, deeper kind of negative impact that yeah. you don't want wow. to have. Yeah, I can see that. Totally. Wow. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Both of you. Man, I am like gobbling <laughs> this up. It's so cool. Um, and, we, and believe me, we've done it to each other, right? Yeah. So we're like, we got to find skills that, that are better. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think, you know, life is in the details and it's not actually the big elephant, right? That just comes stomping through and just ruins everything. It's these little Mm -hmm. And so we try to figure out where we're just like digging at each other. You know, mm -hmm. we watched a comedian once and they're <laughs> so like, sometimes I know I'm being annoying and I'm like, I just have one more thing I want to say. <laughs> and so there was also like a level of comedy that helps break the ice a little bit. Mm -hmm. But anyway, what are some quick ways that people can get over an argument? Because things happen all the time, right? Someone walks into the room, they want to celebrate. Mm -hmm. You're not ready for that. How about like when things break or, you know, when you're dealing with, not dealing with, kids are enjoyable, but when you have a big family that a lot is going on, you might not have the bandwidth. So how do you, and maybe you say something quick and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, how do you like quickly recover? Yes. Well, I want to say two things and then get into repair. So arguments and the reason we wrote a book on this specifically is because there's two big things we see happening. One, either people are avoiding conflict, meaning they're suppressing topics, not bringing it up. Don't rock the boat, brush that under the rug, which builds into resentment in the long term. And resentment is harder to repair from. So you don't want to avoid conflict. First tip for people. The other thing we see is that because people don't have great conflict skills for, we actually have three stages to conflict, before the conflict, during the conflict, and after. If you don't have skills for all three stages, they get very escalated. And that's what leads you into what we call the argument hangover, which you don't want to be in an argument hangover in an RV. You don't have separate no. space you can go to and, no. you know, just, you, you want to, heal and repair that argument hangover as fast as possible because life is short you don't want to be disconnected for longer than hopefully a few minutes but we hear a lot of couples literally be disconnected for a whole day two days three days longer mm -hmm. and so repair right it really is about repairing faster now, if we had more time, we'd go in depth to our whole five R process, but we could at least start. But we can Which find that in your book. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's in the book, um, not only with the personality types, but the five R. So the argumenthangover.com is a place you can find your retailer. Yeah. But the book takes you through these steps as well. So yeah. since we're going to go faster here. Yeah. So the first R is, and this is very much forgotten for people, they don't do this, is you've got to reflect after the argument. Don't just go distract yourself. I'm just going to cool off and forget about it. No, then you're missing out on the lesson. So you got to reflect. What's really the source of this? Was I just like really not expressing my needs? You know, was I being more reactive? You know, did I have an expectation of my partner that I didn't express, right? So you, when you reflect, you get to the juice. You get to the whole meaningful lesson of an argument. We always say, don't miss out on the lesson. 
that can come from it. So you each want to take time reflecting on the disagreement. The second R is you've got to take responsibility for your part. Mm -hmm. So, cause a lot of people will go to their partner after an hour, a day and just say, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry is definitely part of it, but I'm sorry can mean less and less, especially if things keep happening. Mm-hmm. So instead of just saying, I'm sorry, you'd want to actually take responsibility for something in particular. Hey, I just want to take responsibility. Like I, I didn't set you up for success. I didn't express my expectation. And that really, you know, led me to being reactive to you. That to your partner will be so much more meaningful than just, I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? Uh, I don't know. Right. And so the reflection and then that personal responsibility are two steps that really get forgotten and they don't happen. So the third step is reconnect. And that's where you actually come back together. And literally I just script it like this. The first thing you want to say to your partner is, Hey, upon reflection, where I see I can take responsibility or where I am taking responsibility is that's literally the best way to start that reconnection Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. You can leverage uh, mirror neurons. You can also leverage the principle of reciprocity. But when I do that, what is Jocelyn most of the time going to do? Say something like that back. Oh, yeah. Well, where I see I can take responsibility is the key here is you have to be willing to go first with taking responsibility. I know many of us out there, because I include myself, we could be past this argument. All you have to do is admit your side of it. And I could be right past this. <laughs> no, you have to go first, be a leader in your relationship and reconnect by stating where you're taking responsibility, which naturally leads to really empathizing with their point of view, validating their side of it and what they felt, not that you agree, not that it makes logical sense to you, which leads you to the fourth step, which is remind. Mm -hmm. And what you're reminding of, number one, if you made agreements from your expectations, you remind each other of what your agreements are or if they got broken. Mm -hmm. And you can also remind your partner in that moment what you're actually committed to in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know, man, I know we went on this trip with this RV and it just didn't go the way that it planned. I see I can take responsibility that I just didn't plan the best for us. And that probably had you feel like, you know, the vacation is not going well, you're disappointed. But what I'm committed to is that we have open communication and that this is the, the best trip we ever have. Mm-hmm. That's the fourth. How about those like um, authoritative person for lack of a better, where you're like, this would all be better if you would stop doing that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like what if, cause I can see that like even in our kids relationships or something, you know, like I think we pretty well, we don't, I, I feel like we can openly say, uh, you got to cut that out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I can see it in other relationships that maybe, how do you work through that where you can, own, how do you help somebody? I'm, I'm seeing it through like maybe one of my sons, where I can share with him. I know you think it's everyone else's fault except for yours. How do you like break that down and get vulnerable with the fact that you might have some responsibility in this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I just wanted to go first. You know, it really is powerful when you detach the impact from it being personal, like you are causing this or by you doing this is, No, that's like labeling the individual. But if you take that out and say, hey, just so you know, it's when you take this action, 
it has this impact on me or when you take this action or this behavior has this impact on, well, let's check in with your brother. What impact did that have on you? Let's just check with your sister. What kind of impact did that have? So if you get down to action and impact, that's a much better place for even children to identify what is the right actions and how do they interact with other human beings, right? If they just understand, I take this action and have this impact, then they're also not making themselves feel bad. They're not attached to trying to please somebody else. Um, a lot of this also comes from uh, Dr. Shafali that does a lot on conscious parenting, but it's just a, a better way to remove the personal significance and maybe embarrassment or the feeling bad. Action, impact. Got it. I like Ooh, it. Ooh, so good. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking, uh, just to follow up on the tough question. What if you've got two, two people in a relationship and one is just simply not that interested or committed to doing the work, to reading the books that clearly have a lot of information about how you can improve relationship and can connect better. I mean, I think we've gotten that out of this conversation. Mm -hmm. You can offer a lot for that. But there's one person that's, you know, kind of spearheading this and the other person's like, yeah, you know, I'm just not going to get into that. Mm -hmm. And they're not, they're kind of not, let's, we'll, not engaged in this yeah. conversation, this webinar, this, this, so forth. How do you, yeah. It's a big question, common, and I'll answer it in two parts. Before getting to the point of just assuming that they are just not doing to the work, maybe it's not resonating with them. Maybe it doesn't appeal to them because we hear, and a lot of times the finger is pointed at men. Like men aren't the one, you know, they, women will do all the things, the, the webinars and the challenges, and it's the men get blamed for not being willing to do the work. But we find that many of them are, they just haven't found content that really like speaks to them and like someone who can relate to them and get to like the way their brain processes because every single day we get messages from men the one showing up in the relationship, doing the work. And so number one, like making sure that you're exposing your partner to different types of content. And also like, for example, if you're the individual doing the challenge and you wish your partner was, have the video on, let them overhear it. We'll have people like leave out our book and then their partner kind of picks it up and then they're like, they sneak reading it and then they put it away, you know, or they listen over here, the podcast. So if you can just, kind of have them be exposed to it without always being like, you don't listen to these webinars with me. You're not doing this challenge with me. Like just give them little exposures and let it start to resonate with them organically and naturally. And also your approach really matters. If you go to your partner and you're like, you know, I just feel like we're so not good at health. You're not taking care of yourself. We really need to do this thing that they're, they're doing this challenge and it's all about habits that may make them feel judged or like they're, you know, have been doing something wrong. But if you go to them and you're like, Hey, I think a really fun bonding activity would be if we watch these videos, it would mean a lot to me. And you actually want, this is a psychological mm. principle that is big in like negotiation uh, tactics and, and it, tactic isn't <laughs> always like, you're not being manipulative. You just understand that when you say like, this would mean a lot to me, human beings mostly can like, empathize with that soften to that mm -hmm. so your approach really matters don't come at it from like you need to fix this and work on this it's hey here's what i'd love to do here's what it'd mean to me if we did this so um that's good Very right, right good. now we're with our friends the coopers 
And Bill was telling us a story last summer about the same type of approach that he had to take with his dad because he wanted to take a class A from Michigan out to Arizona. And so he said he knew if he asked his dad to be like, hey, this is going to be great. We're going to get an RV and we'll go out and we'll bond. We'll have a great time. Be this great trip and bring the RV out to Arizona. Then his dad had been like, no. I just don't have time. He didn't have time. But he comes to his dad and says, oh, man, I'm really in a bind. <laughs> I've got this RV in Michigan. And I've got to get it to Arizona. And yeah. it's a long drive. And I was like, absolutely. absolutely. I'll help you. You just got to put it in a challenge. You just had to put it in a way that yes. would, he would, you know, would respond to his yes. dad, which I think is really funny. Yeah. yeah. But then what's even more funny is Bill wants me to get on a bike and ride a bike from Michigan to Florida. So what came right after this conversation is, Mark, I'm really in a bind. I've got this bike. <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't try that on don't me. Try your right? like, yeah, don't try your tricks. Yeah, but he's chipped away right. where now we might actually be considering yes. riding a bike from Michigan Oh, it's happening. Before. At some point it will. Every conversation <laughs> comes to fruition. But anyway, but to bring it back to your point, how you do get people on board is really important. And we have heard that mm -hmm. a lot. The first time we did this with KYD 55 is that people kind of have to maybe get over the fact that they're not going to get like the rave reviews of everybody in the family, everyone mm -hmm. in the household that wants to go do this too. And so they just took it on and they took it on with enthusiasm. And then what started to happen after a week and 10 days is a couple things. One is they saw the result and not always just in physical appearance, but they would see it in energy level. Mm -hmm. They would see it in reading different habits, right? Which is like crazy when you see someone like reading a book first being on a phone at night. And then, um, just, uh, and then other people just kind of getting curious and saying, oh, oh, and then the commitment that they stuck in it. So someone does something for five days and then it goes to 10 days and then mm -hmm. it goes to 15 days. It's like, all right, what's different about this? Why are we still doing this now? And then they kind of come on board. Right. So I think having a little bit of faith that if you do the right things, and I, I also believe that what you resist persists. Yeah. So the more you push someone, the harder they're going to dig in so you're yes. just being free like, hey, i'm going to do this and every, anyone and everyone is welcome to join me when and when you want to i do like that invitation though because sometimes we'll we'll start something be like i'm doing this and whatever but if you you haven't been given the invitation maybe you just think oh that's what they're doing that's true exactly. so i'm doing this and i love how you just said that come and join me if you want to get get some excitement around it because people are attracted to excitement yeah or maybe yeah. just hey look say to everybody look i want everybody to do this with me if they want to you know i don't want to put any pressure on anyone but i'm doing it i would love the support i would love the help and that's my invitation. And I think that keys into what you were saying, Jocelyn, like it would mean something to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe we don't have to make it go to that step unless you are personally inviting the very significant person, yes. but really letting them know that this is an invitation because then it makes you feel special. Yeah. And not excluded. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's also clarity. A lot of people are vague when they're communicating. I'd kind of, you know, love it. And, you know, <laughs> just if you want to do this and then they're disappointed, no, if something's really important to you, be clear about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll still say, eh, not for me, but at least you will feel as though you really said it. People have got to be more assertive, more clear, and, and just more to the point of what you're yeah. wanting, what you're needing. Don't dance around it. You know, we see a lot of people just like, I'll drop hints. No, 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 don't drop yeah, no, hints. No. Tell your partners straight up what you would like. Tell them it would mean something to you. I think yes. everybody's in agreement that Rocky One was the best movie of all time. But a lot of people probably don't remember the proposal when he was there with, with her. He says, hey, you know, I was thinking maybe, uh, you know, maybe you and I would get, maybe we get married or something, right? Yeah. That, was his, that was his big proposal. Yes. <laughs> Talk about clarity. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, 
right. Okay, this guy. That's my only Rocky reference. Yeah, <laughs> just give him another hour. There might be another one. <laughs> so, um, this conversation, I'm walking away with a lot. I have notes. Um, I would really encourage anybody listening to listen to it again um, before we close out with like the number one tip to really continue that depth of love and commitment and connection. Um, mm. Tell people where they can find you. Like where can they gobble up your content? Because I'm loving every minute mm -hmm. we've spent together. I know people want to find you. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. Two big kind of starter places. Uh, people are really enjoying our podcast, the Empowered Couples podcast, right? It's like people go to your content, like get inspired, thrive, right? For people who are really looking for specific relationship content, you want to communicate better. You want to fight smarter. You want to connect. It's called the Empowered Couples podcast. Mm -hmm. So that would be fantastic. And, and then, with that, we did an episode per type. Mm -hmm. So when you find oh, out your type, yeah, cool. when you find out your type, which you can find out your partners, by the way, at My Couples Quiz, it's a free quiz, mycouplesquiz.com, you can find out your partners, and then you can do it for yourself as well. When you know yours, go and listen to the episode about that type. We talk about some of the default patterns, the traps, but then also the actions to take from your type. And then you can also listen to the one about your partner's type yeah. as well. And then also for those who love to read the argument hangover, you mm -hmm. can get it all retailers, uh, but we give $200 worth of bonuses. So a bonus course on communication, conflict, a workbook. And so the retailers are all linked as well as the bonuses at theargumenthangover.com. That is awesome. Okay. So the whole idea here is to remain connected, have that depth. So what parting words can you leave us with, with how to keep that connection alive and fun and happy and um, go the distance? I've got one. Let's see if it'd be similar to what you'd share. So the first one, and we've been talking about this a lot lately because we find that couples, especially if they've been together for several years, the conversations can become both routine, but also about tasks and kind of like the functional things, which are important, we need to function in life, but what people are really craving is emotional connection. Mm. And what that requires is talking about emotions. So don't just ask the standard, how was your day? Where you get the, oh, it's fine, I did this, and I did this, and I did this. Ask questions more about like, hey, what are you most excited by lately? Mm -hmm. Hey, what are you feeling most challenged by lately? Hey, has, I know something's going on with your family. Like point out something going on. How are you feeling about that? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I know that the kids have been a little bit more, um, you know, they're growing, they're changing. It's been a little bit more challenging with the kids lately. How does that make you feel? Ask about the feelings, talk about emotions. Don't just talk about tasks, getting things done, kind of the functional things in life really discuss those feelings together would that be different than what you'd say i can just come up with something new <laughs> <laughs> i just think oh you know overall and it's a deeper conversation but the strength of a relationship and its emotional connection is this feeling of this love tank right and so i think my only advice would really be there are things that you do for your partner and when you do it for a long period of time it starts to go more unnoticed right it's like you're just supposed to do those things so why not really look at something and like take something off your partner's plate? You know, um, we call it making a deposit into your, your partner's love account, but do something out of the ordinary, unexpected, spontaneous, something that they'll see and notice because it was thoughtful. Make a deposit into your partner's bank account today. Yes. <laughs> I love it. 
Thank you so much for being here. I love that we're from the same state. Mm -hmm. It feels like we're connected even though we're millions of miles away. <laughs> Not really millions of miles, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and I really think there's tactical skills that we can walk away with, not just too. in yeah. couple power, mm -hmm. but also relationship because being in relationship is, in, is important. Yes. So anyway. Well, and one of the pillars at KYD 55 is reading and I am looking for a new book because we, yeah. we have read a lot. We and, have read a and, lot. Um, and so I've been struggling with where I'm going to start. So problem solved. Check. Now I need to, now I just need two days before I, I need something to read to get me to when your book arrives. Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, well, we're so grateful and like really inspired that you are leading people into healthy habits mm -hmm. and you just keep showing people that any life is possible and we're really inspired and grateful that we could be a part of this. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, bye for now. Bye for yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to talk more. <laughs> of course. Bye everybody.